Let's go, Rider Nation. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. And for the first time in what seems like almost two months, we're all together. Yeah. I just wonder who this guy is. I've yeah. been asking myself that question for almost 40 years, Greg. I still don't know who I am. <laughs> uh, Steve, you just got back from a vacation. How was your first cruise? It was delightful. Can't you can't you see by my my beautiful tan that I could never get to save my life? I think I come back from the sunny vacations pastier and whitier than I am when I leave. It's almost a talent. And Greg, you were in Vegas. I was doing. What, Don't remember uh, a lot of it, but it was. Uh, I think it was good. The the work stuff I remember. Everything outside of that is sounds sounds blurry. like Vegas. It's very, yeah, very blurry. And you got to see what was the perfect. We're all Pittsburgh Penguins fans, if you can't tell by the jerseys hanging up on the wall. Um, you got to see the perfect Pittsburgh Penguins game. Yep, I go did. up two nothing, uh, blow it all in the third. Oh, I I cannot explain how mad those seven minutes made me. <laughs> like, like they were uh, still announcing the first goal when Vegas scored the second goal. Oh, like man. it was, it was not good. This is why we don't do a Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. We'd be so mad. <laughs> would have been great doing like a writer podcast eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two years would have been fantastic. But instead, alas, we cheer for the riders, so we do a rider fan podcast, which you're listening to right now. Thanks for uh, uh, downloading. Thanks for watching on YouTube. Thanks for watching on Sastel Max TV on demand. Of course, Piffles Podcast. You can find us on social media at Piffles Pod. You see our. Uh, Usernames down at the bottom there at Real Alex D at Safamod at Greg on Sports. Give us all a follow, except for Greg. He does not do not need your pity follows. Do not need nor want your pity. Not follows. nor want, especially want. Um, so do not follow him. Um, but we are on Facebook as well. Check us out there. Lots of stuff going up there and on pivotalspodcast.com. Lots of comments, lots of reaction. Everybody's waiting, waiting to talk router football, and that's exactly what we're here to do. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. There's a lot to talk about, gentlemen. It's been a while. Let's get to the opening kickoff. Now, before we get started here, um, want to talk a little bit about Jim Hobson. Um, former president, CEO of the team, former rider player as well, played with the Rams as well. Um, things not going so great for him. I found uh, an interview with him on the sports cage, uh, read an interview that he did with Taylor Shire of the Leader Post. Uh, for those that don't know, um, he was diagnosed with colon cancer back in 2021. Um, he's done 46 chemo treatments and they just decided uh the doctors and him and his family that they're going to stop chemo treatments and it was a really hard interview for me to listen to because he said he just hopes that he can see the riders play their first regular season game this year and that really hit home that that sucked listening to um 
and we know he's going to get to that game. We know he is. And um, Jim, we wish you nothing but the best and, and the quality of life that you have left. I mean, that's what it's all about being with friends and family. And I did an interview with him uh, for Piffle's podcast earlier today, actually. Uh, we're going to release that a little bit later on. And uh, he shares some good stories about uh, playing with the team, about how he didn't go to Mick Jagger's post uh, concert after party when they played at Taylor Field. Um, I was like, Jim, man, how could you not go to that? Um, but he joined me for half an hour. We're going to post that as well to um, share some good stories. But uh, the Ryder president from 2005 to 2015, he brought in the best era of Ryder football. And I cannot say enough good things about him. The best thing about Jim Hobson, that smile. And you can tell right now, even in his voice, he's still, he's at peace with things. He's still in a great mood. And that speaks so much to his character. Jim Hobson, the man, he was almost like another mascot for the Riders. Yeah, he was a fierce businessman, but him on that sideline, walking up and down, like you could not get that smile off his face unless they were losing and he was not happy, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Like he, yeah, he, he shepherded in the greatest era the Ryder fans have ever known. Yep. Like everyone wants to romanticize the years of, of Ronnie and George and those were great years, but that portion of 05 to 15, that build was the most successful that team has ever been on field. And it just sucks. They couldn't squeeze one or two more great cups out of it. I mean, I, I think I speak for everyone in, in the CFL when I say a giant F cancer there, it's, it's going after a good one because he was, he was Ryder football for that era. Basically every single major thing that happened he was the voice behind it he was the guy that you saw you know not just behind the scenes but he was the guy out in public and and we don't have that anymore we don't have that guy that that was kind of the life of the team and a lot of us grew up you know in that 90s and 2000s era to see what he turned this team into during that stretch i i don't think this show would exist without that era of Ryder football. It just brought a different life to this team and to the city and to the province that really we can thank Jim Hobson first and foremost for. And when you talk about Mount Rushmore's of Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you got Ronnie and George, and I think Jim Hobson has to be up there. 100%. So, um, but like I said, he's going to make it to at least that first regular season game, and I can't wait to see uh, him at the game because you know he's going to be there cheering on uh, the Riders uh, like he has his entire life, um, and will uh, that that first home game when they show him that place like, is going to go nuts. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of background on uh, on Jim Hobson's health uh, there. Little update, um, but like I said, uh, did talk to him, shared some great stories, and I can't wait to share that uh, with everybody. So that'll be coming out in the next uh, few days here. Um, but on to the Ryder news this week, or over the last couple of weeks, actually, we haven't talked about. The big one is the coaching staff. And I wanted to dig into this a little bit because this was something I was anticipating 
um, basically since Corey Mace was hired, who's going to bring in? When's Josh Bell going to get announced? Uh, who else is he going to pry away from the Calgary Stampeders? Because uh, you know that was going to happen as well, too, with his roots there. So we have, we know, Corey Mace as the head coach and de facto defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator we know is Mark Mueller. And announced was, we'll go with the offense first here. Um, former O-line coach now being moved to running backs coach is Anthony Vitale, which I think if you can move someone around and, and keep some continuity at the same time with a coach, even though it was on a, you know, a, a bad team the last couple of years, I don't mind that. I think that's a good spot for him. And knowing the offensive line that the way that he did, he can help out there as well. So it's just another guy that you can lean on there. Uh, O-line coach is going to be Edwin Harrison, who brings in a, a wealth of experience. Wide receivers coach. This one kind of surprised me. I was not expecting this. Was Marquay McDaniel. What do you guys I, think? I think I could tell you exactly why he was hired. And that is to bus? be our backup uh, bus driver in case we need one. Because he was he was really good at... at uh, driving the bus over a few teammates a few years back. Yeah, Kamar Jordan in the uh, in the Grey Cup. <laughs> but the signing of uh, of Marquay McDaniel um, pushes Naaman Roosevelt out the door. Uh, I know Roosevelt, he was like an offensive assistant or whatever. He wasn't actually the wide receiver coach. That was Drew Tate. So it was a really weird yeah. com like combo that they had last year with him. But uh, that does push Naaman Roosevelt out, which... I mean, who doesn't love Naaman Roosevelt? So to see him kind of just not be brought back does kind of sting a little bit. But in the process, Mark Way McDaniel has how many great cups? Oh, yeah. he's Don't get me wrong. Mark Way, make all the bus jokes you want about him. The dude has a great resume behind him. And I think he will be a very good coach. Uh, special I think team that's, the, that's, Sorry, that's the big theme behind this entire... And we're going to go through it the last half too. But that's the big theme behind the entire staff is it's either a lot of experience or it is people who have won cups. And whether as, as players or as coaches, there is a lot of championship pedigree in this staff. Uh, special teams coordinator Kent uh, McGurry, which we knew about. He's getting an assistant, Jeff Higgins. Defensive assistant, Jordan Lennon. We have uh, Josh Bell, which we knew was coming. He's the defensive backs and pass game coordinator. Um, defensive line is going to be Philip Daniels, uh, who is dad of Devaris Daniels, who uh, actually signed a contract extension with the Argos the same, the same day. day that the yeah that the Riders announced the coaching staff. So it was a good day for the Daniels family. Um, and the linebacker and run game coordinator, um, J.C. Sherritt, former linebacker. Uh, with Edmonton was a stud linebacker here in the CFL. And he's been yep. coaching down South actually for the last four years. So it is a young staff. We're going to have growing pains with this staff, but Steve, like you mentioned, these are guys that have won great cups, won multiple great cups. They've won multiple great cups together. And to me, that's, what's exciting about this staff is that these guys know how to win. They know how to do it together. They have done it together. And to get that chance here, I absolutely love this coaching staff, despite the fact that there likely will be some growing pain somehow. 
well, like the, the said, big when... thing to me is with with the age of the group, and we'd mentioned it when we hired Corey Mace. A lot of these guys are going to be able to relate to the players, like JC JC Sherritt. I'm still he could still be playing. He's only 35 years old. He he left Edmonton to start coaching. He was still in his prime when he left to go coach. So these are guys that not only have been there and on the field and have won Grey Cups, but they're guys that are still at that age where they can they can relate in that locker room. And I think that's going to be a bigger piece than anything. It's going to give those guys something to kind of connect over right off the bat where there won't be those, you know, that time to to bond or to get that togetherness that you need to get in a in a in a locker room. That's just just going to happen. And that's one thing we said when Mace got hired and he brought in Mueller. And we, we said this is probably going to be a young staff that's going to grow together. Like these guys are going to be in the thick of it together and they're going to have to gel and learn. I'm, it is definitely the most um, social media coaching staff I think the writers have ever had. I think all these guys are on there. It's, it's, definitely going to be interesting and i i i can't wait the, the thing that has me scratching my head i've never seen two defensive coaches as offensive game coordinators before but uh you think they'd be working on their defense during the offense but if it's going to be anyone i'm glad it's josh bell and jc sherrod well i think that's just to uh i mean since Corey mace is going to be the defensive coordinator kind of calling plays this allows some of the other guys to kind of you know help out in other areas that might get missed by by a head coach, a first time head coach, who's used to focusing in on one thing. So um, it's it's the way that Mace explained it. It'll kind of you know um, sets a balance more than anything, so that all areas are going to get focused on during the game. So um, young staff, I'm excited for it, and I can't wait to see. Like we're starting to see, we talk about culture all the time. We're starting to see what this culture is starting to look like just based off the coaching staff. And this is, this is what is needed by the team. Now onto the signings. Oh, there's been some signings. And one of them we're going to get to, uh, we're going to talk about Mason fine, but we're going to get into quarterbacks a little bit deeper when we, when we, when we talk about that. So the biggest one to me right off the bat, Logan Furland, two years, I was starting to get worried on the offensive line that Logan Furland was still a pending free agent until they just announced it a few days ago. That gave me a big sigh of relief because even though I expected him back until his name was on that paper and, and his name was signed, I had just that little bit of worry and it's great having him back. You were worried. Like, I, I, been, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm the president and founder of the Logan Furland fan club. Should we bring up the DMS? Yeah. Like this is, but I, and there's been rumblings. A few NFL teams were showing interest, but I think he he understood he was only going to be a camp body. So he definitely was probably going to stick around the CFL. But yeah, I was getting severely worried that they weren't going to land the plane when it came to Logan Furland. Cause he was, your, he's been your stud offensive line for the last two years. So keep him, keep him in here. Like there's no reason why he should move on anywhere else. I, I absolutely hate to say this, and I know you'll have the bell ready, but right off the bat, right out of camp, his very first camp, you were touting Logan Furland as the guy. So, yes, Greg, for the first time, you were right. It happens. I'll admit he's, it. He's not wearing the shirt. I'm surprised by that. 
we, we've all seen it over the last few years. It's, I, 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 could, I could strip this off if you really want to see it, but I don't think I'd really rather you didn't. This is a family no, no, no. friendly podcast, Greg. But like we've seen him grow from realistically a, a, a solid O lineman right out of the gate to our premier O lineman who can play all across the, the board. He was comfortable at tackle. He was solid at the guard position. He is a guy that you needed to sign. And I was hoping that they weren't trying to throw the hometown discount at him because he was going to get paid somewhere. And it had to be here. You mentioned his versatility. He did not look out of place when he played tackle as well, too. Like that that line actually was pretty good for, for the limited time he played at left tackle uh, in game last year. And and he can play center too. Like he he legit can play anywhere on that line in a pinch. And the way I think the team's going to build the roster this year and build the ratio, I I'm starting to lean on the fact that they might go with four offensive linemen Canadian starting. And that might end up being Logan Furland out at tackle. I can see it happening. I don't think that's the original plan, but I can kind of see it trending that way just because I think they're going to I mean, it looks like they're going to lose Micah tights to free agency and that's going to be linebackers are going to be all Americans. So you got to pick up another Canadian starter somewhere, whether that's Charbel de beer uh, at defensive tackle, or maybe it's an offensive lineman. And if it is shore up your interior with, uh, you know, Logan Bandy or, you know, Zach Fry or Evan Florin, one of the young guys, and maybe you kick, Furland out to guard. No, sir. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, sir. And then you kick Furland out to tackle. So I don't know. Maybe that's something they toy with, but. Look who they just signed. I, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but the next guy on our list, Philip Lake's the other guy that yeah. could realistically give them that depth out at tackle to to go four guys across the board. I I see that as a very distinct possibility. And if you would have said I would be okay with that six months ago, I would have called you a moron. But it doesn't worry me as much as long as they go out and get another piece in free agency to to shore up the rest of the line. Starting with you know uh, with Peter Godber and uh, and Ferlin and Blake as your as your three main guys isn't such a bad way to start your O line. And I wouldn't be surprised. It could be Evan Johnson and uh, Zosai St. John. (laughs) I I actually could see them bringing back uh, Evan Johnson as well. He did play better at the end of last year. He did. did. Uh, And then, I mean, who knows? Free agency. You don't want to use Blood X out there. Yeah. Like, but you never, you don't want to wait until free agency to start locking these guys up and potentially having the depth there, right? It's better to load up on on Canadian offensive linemen than to just hope you get one in free agency when the last week they might resign with their original teams, right? So I know a lot of people are clamoring for Darius Sirocco um, to be the new center and push Godber out or whatever, but you can't bank on that. So Nor would I want guys, to. Godber was the farthest thing from a concern last year. There, there is way better places than center for us to be spending more free agency money. But the one thing like, about the line though is, I'd like to see them get a little bit more nasty, more physical, and just play beyond, play to the line, and maybe sometimes a little bit beyond the line in the in the scrum. We need and... more Dominic Picard. 
Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Guys you hate playing against, but are glad are on your team. You look at, I mean, 2013. That was a physical O-line. That was a nasty O-line. The team needs to get back to those kind of guys. Even, you know, 2019, the last time that the O-line was really, really good. That was a physical, nasty O-line. They need to get back to that. So if there's somebody out there in free agency that'll bring that, I that's where I want them to go. But that's still, you know, a few weeks away. So we'll, we'll leave the free agency talk for next show. Um, re-signing for three years, Brett Lothar. Um, no other I'm kicker I trust. Outside of, there, there's honestly, there's two kickers in this league. I trust from outside 50 yards consistently. And Lothar is one of them. So that was a no brainer to me. He had his issues at the start of the year, but he absolutely flipped it around. And from Labor Day on, I was never even remotely concerned uh, when he lined up. He still missed a couple, but it wasn't, I wasn't worried like I was to start. This is a great signing. Also, it's just a, solid dude to uh, on on top of his ability to play football like i said the biggest thing that surprised me was three years you don't see a lot of three-year contracts in the cfl anymore mm-hmm. and especially with now the contract in the nfl window or basically suggestions where lothar can still get his workouts if he really wants to go down there uh brett mayher gets signed every two weeks anyways in the nfl like <laughs> Lothar could easily do that too if he really wants to, but it's good. It's good to see he's going to be back in Ryder Green. That's for sure. Uh, another re-signing mentioned his name earlier, Charbel DeBeer on the defensive line. Canadian got to have that depth there, and if he's going to end up being, you know, a ratio piece, uh, a starter there, I like him. I, I think he's a good rotational player. Whether he's ready to be a starter, I, I hope he is if he can take that next step in his career, because you look at the rest of the D line, it appears that pretty much all the the starters are pending free agents. So being able to keep anybody that you can is, is a good thing right now. It's what him and Brown right now. Yeah, that's about it. And Lake Corte Moore. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Frankie Hickson resigns as well, which to me was a little bit surprising. Me as well. I was expecting more over Hickson, but I think we have an idea where they're going to make a big swing for, so or maybe two swings. Hopefully, I, I think that's exactly it. Is you yeah. you sign Hickson if you if you're going after the, a, a big dog out there. If you if you want a number one, you sign Morrow. That's that's where they're leaning, and Hickson's a solid backup. He's not a guy that I hope is our you know, RB one when we, when we kick off the season, but I, I like him as a, as a backup option. And those two guys you're mentioning pending free agents, AJ Ouellette out of Toronto and Brady Oliveira from Winnipeg. I mean, maybe that's the seventh Canadian position that they want to go after. They already have the backup in uh, Bertrand Houdon. That'd be wild. <laughs> and you would buy a Did jersey. You imagine, did yeah, you I imagine would, Brady Oliveira? Switching over to Ryder Green. Oh, and he'd the go from, he would get next year. Yeah, he would the go. The banjo bowl bus will be lit. Loved guy in Winnipeg to being the most hated <laughs> guy, just like that. So those are the re-signings. We have one more we'll talk to in a little bit. 
Um, some other signings that they made. Um, Steve, you'll like this as a Green Bay Packers fan. I think you'll like this. Uh, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo! Yeah, receiver. Um, doesn't come with as much high upside as uh, <laughs> as That's a lot of yellow. Tevin, as Tevin <laughs> Jones did um, coming up from the Jacksonville Jaguars, but who knows? Maybe he's still got something in the tank, so we'll see what he has. Um, One for the all-time name list. It's a great name. We should do a name draft. That's what I was saying. We, we need to do a name draft. I feel like we bring that up once every six months or so and then completely forget about it until the next time we sign somebody with an awesome name. I look forward to our next chat about name drafts in (laughs) August of 2024. Um, They signed a defensive back, uh, linebacker defensive back, Mark McLaurin. Uh, Played Sam linebacker and safety for the Edmonton Elks last year, which if he has that kind of versatility, I'm all for. So I like that as a depth signing. We'll see what he has in training camp. Uh, linebacker KD Davis, defensive lineman who's uh, a defensive end, Roman Lee Harrison, also signed as well. And they released Jake Weineke at receiver. I don't think anybody's too surprised who about I that. I forgot was even on the roster. Like, legit the <laughs> day before, our DM's like, I forgot he was on the roster. And then they released him anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, what do you even say about that from, from a high, you know, High-end free agency signing to never seeing the field. Just could not get it to get it working here. He come on, he got got like maybe four lemons. Like he he he, he at least played more than Sean Lemon did. <laughs> well, here he did, yeah. Yeah. And at quarterback, Riders re-signing Mason Fine to a two-year contract. <laughs> Likely to be QB two. <laughs> at least enters training camp as QB two. I, I don't get this one. I understand that Jake Dolagala probably wants to test free agency and see what's out there. Sure. You have a little bit of insurance with Mason fine. There are other guys out there that could test free agency that will likely test free agency that are better than Mason fine. Your QB two should be a guy who threatens the quarterback QB one threatens his job in the CFL. You need two quarterbacks to win. Mason fine has had multiple years, multiple chances to secure that job as the next guy here. And he has failed to do so. He's a serviceable backup. He'll come in. He won't lose you games. I don't think he'll win you games, but I just think this this seems so complacent. It seems like an old regime signing. This doesn't feel like it should be a Jeremy O'Day, Corey Mace signing. This feels like it's a Jeremy O'Day, Craig Dickinson signing all over again. The thing about this, I, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the meltdown. It's a backup quarterback. There's very good shot that they're going to bring one or two quarterbacks into training camp and Mason fine might not make it out of the first week. I don't think this is that big a deal. Should, do I think they should have focused on Dolagala over fine? Yes. Do I think Dolagala trying free agency is probably a bad idea for him? Probably because the market there is basically closed now. 
anyone who needed a quarterback or was looking for a possible starter already made a move and it wasn't Jake Dolagala. So I don't know how this is going to shake out other than Jake probably backing up Jake Mayer and they have the Jake and Jake connection in Calgary because I have no idea where else he's going to go. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but this move is just fine. There is no there is no excitement behind this. This is not something that you you go, yes, the writers signed Mason fine. We are ready for 2024. There, anybody who is excited, I've seen so many people trying to to really, you know, put a shine on this turd, but you really can't. There is there is no upside here. We know what you're getting out of him. He is not the guy that's going to come in and win you football games. Like you said, he can maybe come in and not lose them. That's that's the bar for him. That is his ceiling. And if that's the the level that we're aiming for, that scares me. Now, I'm really hoping we have a training camp like we did last year where, you know, you had two or three or three or four guys that just lit it up in camp and they can they can move on from this, but if he's your number 2 behind an aging Trevor Harris, that would put a very large damper on my hopes and dreams for the 2024 riders. So let's talk backup quarterback position because in Saskatchewan, like I've seen the list. Do we have to? You've seen the list. That's why. Oh yeah. Um, But in Saskatchewan, it's the most loved position is the backup quarterback. So what are the options? Okay. So there's obviously Mason fine. Jake Dolagala. Okay. Probably not going to come back now. Honestly, I think probably Winnipeg or sorry. Yeah. Maybe Winnipeg, maybe BC, but Calgary's likely the best landing spot for him. Honestly, I th- honestly I thought Mason Fine w- would be better in BC ba- backing up Vernon Adams because they play a similar style. They're similar, yeah, absolutely. Having Mason Fine behind Trevor Harris, it just seems backwards to me. Um, pending free agent is uh, Matthew Schiltz. I'd probably go with Schiltz over Fine. But again, there's no guarantee Schultz does make it to free agency. Um, with, with Schultz, though, you're if you do sign him, I'm assuming you're probably playing a much higher premium than you are with Mason Fine. I don't think he got a whole ton of. I don't think Fine got a whole lot of money behind this guy. I hope not. If he got any kind of signing bonus, I'd be concerned. Schultz is going to come in with a bigger price tag. Probably. Maybe you make a swing for. Taylor Powell because he's not going to be the guy in Hamilton. He's okay. Is he an upgrade to Mason? Fine. Maybe if it's, you got to be on this tall to get on a ride or getting stuff off a high shelf. Sure. (laughs) But I, I, he looked good in some spots, but I, they never the Ticats never really started cooking until uh, they went to Schultz and uh, well, Levi Mitchell was half healthy again. Well, how about this name? No, Steve, you can yes. cover your ears. No, here. what about Here's Chris Steve. Trevler? Hell no. Now the thing is, is would he come back to the no. CFL to be a backup? He thinks he's a starter. He's not. He thinks he's a quarterback. He's not. <laughs> okay, Boomer Sizen. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I'd like to see it just to see you lose your mind, but also the price tag with them. Steve, Steve would leave social media if that ever, if the writers ever signed Chris Trevler. Is that all it takes? He'd have to, he would have to. (laughs) I I can't even imagine every, I would mute Strevler, Chris Strevler. I would mute my own name because people would just tag me and everything. <laughs> you you mentioned it before. The guy playing QB2 should be somebody that threatens the starting quarterback. As a quarterback, Chris Strebler is about as threatening as a kitten. He is, he is the epitome of one-dimensional. If you want to sign him as our RB1, go for it. We don't have one right now. I'm fine with that. Let him play running back. But God, please, for the love of God, don't don't do that to me. I'm really high on the the Mace era. I would be done if that happens. I'm just nope, nope. I'm out. You're done. I'm done. Well, here's what I think. I think, think Strebler ends up in Winnipeg anyway. Really yeah, do. probably. If they lost Drew Brown, they need a a backup. Here's what I think the plan is. And the signing of Mason Fine is more so just a bridge contract. I don't think Trevor Harris is the guy past this year. I think this is his last year in the CFL. Definitely his last year with the Riders. I don't see him being Corey Mace's guy. Having Mason Fine gives you that continuity, gives you a guy with some starting experience should something happen to Trevor Harris this year. I think the guy that's going to be the quarterback in 2025 isn't on this roster right now. I think he's on the Toronto Argonauts roster. I think it's Cameron Dukes. I think Cameron Dukes is the long-term plan here because Chad Kelly's not going anywhere. And Cameron Dukes has very good experience in this league and looked very good in his time with the Argos last year as a raw rookie came in like fourth on the depth chart into training camp, shot his way up to number two and played quite a few games. I think that's the plan for 2025. And I would be okay de- with that. I definitely think this year is not going to define what a uh, Corey Mace team looks like. This is going to be your Chris Jones building year. He, guys are going to come on and off the roster. They're going to bring back some veterans who know this know the team and know the fans and know the system as much as they can. And then next year, you're definitely going to see some bigger pieces moved around. And I starting quarterback is probably going to be a big one. I mean, when, when Trevor Harris signed here last year, I I'm pretty sure we all thought that two years was about the most that we'd get out of him. He's going to be what? 39. 38 this year. Yeah, the thirty nine next year. I mean, that's that's asking a lot to put your your plans behind a. I, I'm thirty nine. I can't imagine trying to play professional sports. You can but I'm also not not days. athletic, right? Like <laughs> to me, also the fact that thirty nine is now old and I'm there is horrible. I can't imagine how Greg feels. <laughs> I uh, you can't see what I'm doing off camera right now. We can all imagine. Yes. I I don't I don't hate the idea of Cameron Dukes as a as a starter, but if he's your plan for the future, make that move now. 
see what it takes to get him out of Toronto. I'd be making a phone call. Honestly, I really would be. Hey, what, what's the worst? What's, what's the, the worst they say? Yeah. I'm sure we've got a good long distance plan. Make the call. See what yep. they say. And if it's if it's awful, hang up. And, wait and call back in. Here. Yeah. Or wait it, till but if, no, wait till December and say, hey, you're probably going to lose this guy in free agency. Do what Ottawa did. Trade a draft pick. Get their get the rights to talk to him before anybody else can. I think that's the plan. I hope that's the plan because I'd be okay with Cameron Dukes being the long-term guy because when you look at the quarterbacks in the CFL, there's not a lot of experience behind the starters. And even then in the starters for a good portion of the league, there's not a lot of experience. So I can just see if you're going to go with young coaches who you plan, hopefully have here for a long time, that means things are going well. Then you can have a quarterback that can be here for a while, a guy that they like, and maybe that's the guy. But that sounds like a next off season topic. So I'm putting it out there right now. Let's just put it out in the universe. Hopefully it happens. Cameron Dukes, starting quarterback, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 2025. Well, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Jump into our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Uh, we'll still talk a little bit of riders here. Um, free agency obviously coming up. The uh, legal tampering window negotiation window, whatever you want to call it, the Ed Hervey window um, yes. is opening up in what? Less than two weeks. Jeez. We're a week and a half away from it. Aren't we? Um, yes, we are. Where do the riders need the most help in free agency? Yes. Where, sh where should, where should Jeremy O'Day be focusing on the most day one of free agency? We're getting this guy, this guy, this guy to shore up this position or these positions. Defensive line right now. I'm like, I'm a little wordy. And yes, I know we say all the time to defensive ends, we can bring them in and yeah, blah, blah, blah. We got nobody right now. Like we, we've got Corte, uh, Lake Corte Moore. We've got Brian Cox Jr., Christian Albright. Yeah, but don't our... forget all name legend Habukak Baldonado. Yes. Like, God, I love that name. That's a great, but. Name. That is a great, great handle. You know, we should do a draft anyway. anyway I we <laughs> hey, this is in August. Yeah, so we need we need to sign a big name pass rusher because we're losing two of them and possibly Micah Johnson. So let's figure that out. I'm I'm gonna branch out or you know minimize that view a little bit. I'm going the whole uh, line in general, offensive and defensive line. We know with Peter Gautber, uh, Berland, and Blake, you've got three solid O-linemen, but that's it. They they don't really have much qual like confirmed quality behind them there either. And we've seen it time and time again. If you want to win in the CFL, it starts in the trenches. And that's been our weak spot for, well, since 2019. And it's been going downhill every year since. Now, we did see Evan Johnson, you know, move up that tier a little bit at the end of last year, but he's been the whipping boy for two years. I mean, if I'm him, I'm not listening to the last few years of this of this show. It probably hasn't been kind probably to him. Not. Maybe just listen to the last few weeks. 
So like do the Dan no- Clark thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's not a good situation right now. And that to me is just as much of a concern as the defensive line. The difference is at least we have bodies on the O line. Right now we we have nothing on the D line. Mm-hmm. But it's all it's all the trenches. That's where that's where the game is won and lost, and that is where the riders need to they need to go big or go home on both sides. More so the D line than the O line right now, although the O line does need an upgrade. I will single out a couple individual positions, not a grouping here. Um, they need an alpha receiver. Mm-hmm. Right now, even if you bring back Sean Bain Jr., who last I heard uh, Jeremy O'Day said that there was discussions with him, um, hopefully they can bring him back. But what I see on this roster for receivers is a whole bunch of betas. I do not see an alpha. I do not see a 1A receiver. I see a lot of number twos. And there's some very good receivers in that group. I really actually, I really do like this group of receivers, especially the Canadians. But without Bain, I don't like the Americans. Now, granted, that should be a fairly easy position to recruit and to find somebody. Rumor has it they're in on the Dalton Schoen sweepstakes. So maybe that's an option there. Maybe uh coaxy from toronto he's uh he's a pending free agent is he ready to be a number one i don't know probably not but he did look very good last year but they need to find in and maybe it is you know getting a guy who i think is a number two and make him the focal point to be the number one receiver but they need to find themselves a true number one receiver you know, there well, what, what, are there are situations that I'm looking at it as a Green Bay Packers fan where not having that clear number one does come with advantages, assuming you have a stable of good number two receivers. Because if you don't have that one guy that they're concentrating on, you just have five guys that you're legitimately splitting the ball amongst constantly throughout the, the season, and every week somebody is the new, you know, the new star, that can be an advantage. However, when you don't have that number one that really scares anybody, teams are going to play up and play that that run game a whole lot more. We saw that last year. With no clear number one, our running game was non-existent. And the Riders will need help at linebacker. We have CJ Revis at Sam linebacker. Um Larry Dean's potential free agent. I don't see him being brought back just with his age. Um, you can go younger and cheaper at middle and probably shouldn't be hard to recruit one. Um, but if they're losing Micah tights as well, they're possibly down two of the three starters penciled in right now. So you got to find another, at least one linebacker. So hopefully there's some focus there as well. And day one, day two of free agency. Sorry, but- D-line, O-line, receiving core, and linebackers. Other than that, we're fine. Yeah. But but you also have to think, yes, we're approaching that free agency window. Some guys are probably just going to see what's out there, and who knows what's going to happen before free agency actually kicks off. Like All of a sudden, in that window, we might a bunch of guys might look out, and there's either no interest or no one's giving them what they want, so they might just come back, so. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I put out my top five I'm not panicking right yet. 
Uh, I put out my top five breakout candidates for the Riders this year. I put out Lake Corte Moore, Rodney Clemens at defensive back, AJ Allen at linebacker, if they want to keep a Canadian in that spot, because that was Micah Tice's backup. Um, Jerry and Ely, who at the time was the only running back on the roster, basically, and Jareth Stearns. Um, now, guys on the current roster, is there anybody outside of that that you think could have a real breakout here in 2024? I'd, I'd I start like- and end that list with Jaden Dalkey. I think this is his year to to really shine. You know, we've we're obviously fans of the big Dalkey energy. We've we've been fans from day one, but this this is his year to to be the clear starter at safety and be that feared guy over the middle that we really haven't had since Craig Butler. I don't think we've had a guy that's that's been back there that has really gone as, as the big hitter. Oh, yeah, T-Brock. And, and that's true. But it's the fact that there's, we're, we're going back 15 years and we got two <laughs> names. That That's not how it works. In, in an organization that used to have a guy like Reggie Hunt, like that's a that's a consistent position where we've just seen hard hitter after hard hitter. Dalkey's the guy that came in, and right from game one, he... He played to light people up. And I want to see a whole lot more of that. So he's a, if I have to pick one name, he's my, he's the top of my list. Same, same idea, different, different style. Jackson Ford. I think Jackson Ford could be a, a bigger factor in that backfield as a pure rookie. He didn't look out of place last year when he was forced into service. I think he is massive upside go back there with Dalk. If you can put two Canadians in that defensive backfield, that will help your ratio. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm just, I just kind of pulled up the roster right now and I'm like, Oh, like PJ Brunson's another name for me. I, I, I Brunson. Yeah. He can lay yeah, the lumber. He, that's he showed, he showed a lot in his first year and I think he comes out next year and, Again, he's another guy that you just you can tell he loves to hit. And we've we've lacked that both on the offensive line and in our defensive backfield for quite a while. I want teams to be afraid to throw over the middle again. Plus it's just fun to watch the those big hits as a fan. We we need more of that at Mosaic. And this one's more wish casting for me. I want Noah Zer to step up. Yes. I don't know if he got the raw deal in BC or what. He was such a high touted prospect fell down the draft a bit and i just i don't know what happened i'm hoping now that he's back in saskatchewan he can become that what everyone thought he was going to be even if he's the sixth lineman this year i hope he gets more than what he got in bc a lot of potential on the line for a young guy to step up and really show what he has probably a couple of spots open to be able to do that um trades in the cfl uh we're gonna start with edmonton and toronto um at the elks because this got, generated a lot of topic or a lot of conversation online people saying edmonton won a lot of people saying toronto won so i'm gonna ask you guys who won edmonton trading defensive lineman jake serezna to toronto for receiver canadian receiver curly gittens so who wins that trade in the long run edmonton they got cap space and they got Canadian depth. 
Jake Serezna, beast of a player, going to wreck people in the Eastern uh, Division this year. I like Gittins upside. The fact that he's Canadian and the fact that Edmonton got cap space out of it, I think it's better. How weird is it that Chris Jones traded away a top-tier American for a Canadian? <laughs> like, this, this is a guy who it seemed like the Canadian draft has been an afterthought his entire career, and he's never really prioritized the, the Canadian spots on the roster. I'm with Greg. I at first, At first look, when I first saw the trade, I thought, what the hell is Edmonton doing? They're they're trading away their top D lineman for a solid receiver, but not a great receiver. And the more I looked into it, the more I liked it. And the more I liked it for Edmonton. I I think there's they I think they win it on both sides. I think they win it now and into the future. And also instant chemistry with their brand new quarterback. With with MBT in the in the building, Curly Gittens was one of his favorite receivers. So he had a heck of a year in 2022 with MBT thrown on the ball. So I I think that was also part of it, but I I don't think uh, Chris Jones gives a flying f about the can, uh, Canadian ratio. It was about the money and the fact that he goes, you know what? I can turn a tight end into a defensive lineman anytime I want. So I'm just going to do that. Um, the answer is you're both wrong. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the winners here because then with Serezna going to Toronto, this opens up potential free agents, Sean Oakman and or Dwayne he- uh, Hendricks to come to Saskatchewan, which would be a great win for the Riders. So could, there you go. Could you imagine the terrifying defensive line of Sean Oakman and Micah Johnson? Please, like yes, Those are two please. absolute yes, beasts please. of human beings. I would like both of them here. I, I can't imagine anyone wanting to run on that D-line. I don't even care who else you put out there with them. That's enough. Just just run two D-linemen. That's good enough with those two. <laughs> the two Please don't six, do that. Uh, off- offensive, <laughs> two five <laughs> offensive front. <laughs> and I feel like they'd still get home. Um, and going back to quarterbacks, the other trade, Drew Brown... Traded from Winnipeg to Ottawa, signs a two-year deal with uh, with the Red Blacks to be their starter. When you look at the money that he's guaranteed and what he has the potential to get, looks like he's entering camp as QB one. You have Drew Brown, you have uh, Dustin Crum, you have Jeremiah Mazzoli. I'm sorry, that's that's three number twos, right? Everyone's so excited about this. Ottawa won the offseason because guess what? They got Dominic Rhymes back because BC let him go. And how many years in a row have we heard Ottawa won free agency? Ottawa's winning the offseason. Ottawa hasn't won anything. They don't win anything. They win four games every year. Like, don't get me wrong. Ottawa getting Dominic Ryan's sure, that's good for them. They legit have three number two quarterbacks. I And I love Jeremiah Mazzoli, but you can't trust his injury. Dustin, Dustin Crum caught lightning in a bottle a minute. Defenses figured him out. He was done. Yep. And Drew Brown, sure, he looks good in Winnipeg, but he's got to play for the Ottawa Red Blacks. They're bad. That's a big downgrade. Like, they've got three number twos as their number one, and it just blows my mind. The the clear winner of that deal is Drew Brown making $400,000. Might may, maybe, thank God he plays in the CFL, because otherwise that wouldn't pay his medical bills for having to play on that team, because he's going to get hit a lot. 
I, I'm I'm willing to bet one of Crum or Mazzoli don't make it out of training camp. Although I'm sure Mazzoli will probably just be put on the six game injured list and they'll just keep putting him on there and use him as a de facto coach and transition him into his post playing career. Cause I think he's done. I, I really like the guy interviewed him a few times. Great guy. Had one heck of oh, a yeah. start to the 2015 season where he was going to be the MOP for Hamilton and at that knee injury that he suffered then since then he has not been the same. And that was 10 years ago. It was 10 years oh. or almost 10 years ago. 100% they're going to give him the Chad Cackert treatment. He will be a coach, and he's their emergency backup to sign to sign back onto the roster. He doesn't get sweet shirts like the CAC attack did, though. I think Amy had one of those. She might still have that shirt somewhere. CAC attack. <laughs> Chad Cackert, that's, that's a good name. He was good. Well, well the, the Argos, were, I, and I got to get the Argos credit for that. That was brilliant. We've got a running back that gets banged up a lot, can't play the entire time, so we'll just put him on the coaching staff. And when he needs to play, ba boom, he's here. Yeah, come playoffs when salaries don't matter. Yeah, just what a ridiculous system that was. So, is this the end for Jeremiah Mazzoli? I think so. The fact that they actually restructured his contract and not flat out released him was very good by Ottawa. I, I think they could have cut bait and maybe should have, to be honest. Um, football loves you till it doesn't. And Ottawa did right by him, which really surprises me because it doesn't happen a lot. So I, I'd be shocked if Mazzoli makes it out of training camp. Well, I think we'll leave it there this week um, because the only other thing I want to talk about is who the writers specifically should go after for free agency. But let's wait until just before the Ed Hervey window shows up. And because that's that was chaos last year when they finally made that an official thing. Was it last year or the year before? Year before. It's, it's year been two before. years into the Ed, 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 Ed Hervey window. And we had. I, I can give you my list for that early. right now. It's going to be really easy. Just gesture to the entire Argos free agent list, and we're good. Who's going to be camping out at the airport? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I fly me into Saskatoon. They got to fly got me into Saskatoon. I got nothing better. We'll, to we'll do. go on rotation here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sit at the airport. Sure, why not? Okay. Well, we'll leave it we'll there. Hire, we'll, we'll hire an underling for that. We'll we'll pay for your coffees. Go sit at the airport. How many figure out an all name draft while, while, while they're at it? Yeah. <laughs> and report back to us in August. <laughs> and with that, I think that's the end of this week's Piffles podcast. Piffles podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks, as always, to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Thank you for. Uh, downloading, downloading the show, listening, watching on YouTube or SaskTel Max TV on demand. As always, we leave you with Tyler Gilbert. Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. <laughs>